A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Today we have an entitled parent story of an awful father demanding to meet their grandchild. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, don't sign a contract you don't agree with. I, 25-year-old male, work at an extracurricular arts program teaching private lessons. Before students begin lessons, the office-slash-admin make the parents sign an enrollment contract that says they agree to certain terms. One of those terms is a one-month withdrawal notice, meaning that the day you let us know that you want to withdraw from lessons, you are still obligated to pay for the next month of lessons, even if you cannot attend them. This is to ensure that teachers have consistent paychecks and aren't suddenly out of most of their income, while also giving time for the office to assign them new students. As a teacher, I'm very grateful for this policy, and most of the parents are understanding of it. I had a very lovely student who I taught for about five months. He was a very hard worker and was making good improvements in a short amount of time. Due to other commitments, he had to withdraw from his lessons with me suddenly, and then his mother, from here on just M, got involved. M told the office that because of her son's new schedule, he wouldn't be able to attend his last few classes and wanted a discount. The office workers informed M many times of our policy and reminded her that she's still obligated to pay for them. Because I liked the students so much, I looked at my schedule and offered four alternate times that we could hold those lessons, but none of those worked for their schedule. M seemingly let it go. Time passes and I make plans during my off time. About two weeks later, I get a call from our office worker asking me if I'm coming in for my makeup lesson. It's not on my schedule, so who could it be? I told them that I wasn't scheduled for the day, which the office confirmed and said that they'd handle it. Turns out that M had emailed me directly about 10 minutes prior saying that they're actually available now for one of those makeup lessons that I previously offered and were on their way to the school. Didn't bother to hear a response or confirm, just expected me to be there and to take her son for a lesson that I was in no way prepared for. I tell the office what I discovered when I returned to work the next day and apologized for the hassle. After I hung up the day before, the office attendant looked up their account and saw the outstanding balance from their one month withdrawal and tells them that we can't provide them with a lesson unless they pay their tuition. M made a complaint that it's an unfair policy, but the office tells them that they signed the contract and agreed to it. M left in a huff, apparently, and I thanked our office staff profusely. I asked my boss how to follow up with M over email, and she told me that they would work out a deal with M if M agreed to pay the tuition, then the son would receive the first month of lessons free if he re-enrolls in lessons with me, not with any other teacher. I was told that M seemed amenable to this compromise. My boss then promptly put a note on the son's file that he is NEVER to be placed in lessons with me again. I'm a little sad because I do like the son, but it's definitely not worth dealing with M. Cut to six months later, M decides that it's time for the youngest sister to start lessons. The office knows not to place them with me and gets started on placing them with another teacher. From what I hear, they had to restart the process over at least three times because M would take weeks to decide what time slot she wanted for lessons, and by then the slot would already be taken by someone else. M got mad that the slots weren't being held for her daughter, but the office stated in every email that it was first come first served. They finally settle on a lesson time after over a month of back and forth emails. 
The office then realizes that M still has an outstanding balance on her account. She never paid for the withdrawal period from her son's lessons. The policy is that new enrollments cannot be placed if there's an outstanding balance, so the office asks M for the payment. M then contacts me directly, asking me to provide the lessons free of charge to make up the lessons that her son missed. M isn't going to pay for lessons that her son didn't get. She actually tells me, it's unprofessional to hold people to enrollment contracts, as if I'm the one who made the contract, or is making any of those decisions. If M didn't like it, she shouldn't have signed it. I go back to my boss to see what we should do. My boss says to just let M throw her tantrum and leave, but I feel bad for the office staff getting the brunt of it. For their sake, I offer one makeup lesson while one of my other students is out of town. However, my boss made it very clear that if M does not pay the missing tuition before the makeup lesson, that I need to refuse to teach it. Thankfully, her office is next to my classroom, so she can intervene if anything goes south. It's been two weeks and M still has yet to pay the bill. The makeup lesson is coming up at the end of the month. On one hand, I'll be glad to have a final lesson with the son. On the other, I never want to interact with M again. M also seems to have forgotten all about the little sister's lessons because she's made no attempt to complete her enrollment or confirm that she's still interested. Poor kid getting screwed over by her mom's stubbornness. I have no clue how the son turned out to be so sweet, but I hope that he goes far away for school and beyond. We'll update if anything eventful happens, but hopefully M will just pay the bill and I'll do the lesson, keeping my fingers crossed that it'll be that simple. Although I think it feels kind of rare, it's nice to see that there are some kids that even when they grow up with entitled parents, still themselves have a conscience to be a good person. It probably speaks to the quality of people that have been in their life outside their parents, like good teachers, if they ever went to any kind of daycare program, other kinds of good role models. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you can't get enough of hearing about these entitled parents, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, my mom tried to get me to move into my grandpa's one-bedroom home with him. Let me start by saying I'm married and have three animals, but at the time I had four. My grandpa, mother's dad, is in the last stages of life to say the least. He's been up and down on his hemoglobin, multiple bleeds, and he's been in a rehab facility twice in the span of a year. Both my husband and I were CNAs at one point in our lives. My mother asked me if we could move into the living room of my grandpa's home. It has no door. My living room is the size of his home, and I simply wouldn't have anywhere to put anything. I told her no. My husband already shows minimal affection around my family out of respect. That would kill our intimate life. Also, my cat would definitely cause him to fall more than he already does. She lives in a four-bedroom home. At the time, none of her kids lived there, so she had two offices and a music room and the master which her and my dad shared. I told her she had plenty of space to house my grandpa. She didn't want to renovate the bathroom tub so he could get into it. After giving her a strong no, she went on a rant about how she would have to sell the home she was born in to put him in a home. And two or three months later, grandpa's doing fine and she acts like she never asked me to uproot my life. LOL. Honestly, it gets to a point where putting them in a home is maybe the best option to go for, even if it is your childhood home. And honestly, considering his home is the size of a living room and they have their own four-bedroom home, can she really not afford it? Either way, there's clearly no justification to expect you to uproot your life. This next story is, my aunt called me slow for liking stickers. 
You've probably been on Pinterest already, but people like to decorate their phone cases. I think it's adorable and want to try it out. I've looked for specific stickers online, but my phone switched the language on that site due to my current location. I asked my aunt if she could translate a few things for me. She noticed the stickers. I'm 24 by the way. Some context first. I'm on vacation with her and my cousin. We visited our family's village a week ago, and there I introduced her to my father's cousin. She's intellectually disabled, but a really sweet woman. So the next thing she said was, Are you sure you're not the slow one? She laughed and told my mother on the phone that it was a joke. My mother knows me well enough to know that I hate these kinds of jokes, and asked my aunt if I took it well. Yes, she's laughing too. I wasn't. Then she kept going on and on about how it's childish to put stickers on anything. Her daughter is intellectually disabled, but she's in deep denial, so I thought it was odd for her to make fun of me. Well, honestly, considering what OP said on the last sentence there, maybe there's a little bit of projection here? Either way, I don't think it's weird for anybody to do sticker bombing or whatever you want to call it, where you get all kinds of stickers from things you like and put it all over your laptop or your phone case or whatnot. I see that all the time. I have this kind of like shelving where I have a bunch of like retro game consoles and with the tons of stickers you just get from various places, I'll just put them all over that thing. I think it's a pretty normal thing. Our next story is mother-in-law living rent-free. I'm almost at a breaking point. My mother-in-law is living with my spouse and I rent-free. We're married with three kids, home is 3,000 square feet, four bedrooms, two and a half bathrooms, one office, two living rooms, loft, decent sized house. She broke up with her husband January 2022 and had nowhere to go, so we let her stay with us so she could get back on her feet, no questions asked. She moved most of her belongings into a storage unit, $175 to $200 a month. We let her stay in one of the four bedrooms, oldest child has his own room, two youngest children share a room, spouse and I have the master bedroom, office remains in office. As far as getting back on her feet, She only works approximately two hours a day due to work-related injuries, so her income is pretty limited. She's trying to hang on until retirement, but that's about seven more years away. We don't ask her to pay us any rent or any bills. She's only responsible for her own bills, car insurance, phone, etc., and her own food. All we ask is that she watches the kids when needed due to my spouse and I working long hours and days, and drop off and pick up her oldest child to practice three times a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Classes are for an hour and 15 minutes for what it's worth, and only a 10 minute drive away. Oftentimes, she won't drop off or pick up the oldest from practice because she goes to the casino. She actually goes to the casino around three to five times a week. Her income is already very limited from only working two hours a day, five times a week, yet she chooses to go to numerous casinos anywhere from one to two hours away, spending whatever little funds she has left. She claims she only uses free points the casino gives her, whatever, but the gas it takes to get there, money on food, etc. is enough to make it a horrible decision, let alone factoring in she's living completely free on someone else's dime while the owners of the home are working their tails off. When either my spouse or I have the day off, she abandons any childcare obligations she has and is out and about on the town doing who knows what. She comes home at 3, 4, 5, even 6 a.m. with bags of junk or food that nobody eats, taking up space in the pantry or fridge, oftentimes rotting until we throw it away. We've allowed her to stay with us to help her out and get back on track, but I can't help but feel I'm being taken advantage of. 
This whole time, she could have been saving up so she could move out and get her own spot. It's been 18 months of free living for her. No bills, no rent, spending her money on gambling, a useless but expensive storage unit filled with junk that she claims she'll use when she gets her own spot again. The only positive is she watches the kids while my spouse and I work. But even then, it's only for a few hours a day at most since we work different shifts. And one of us are usually always home. When asked if she has a plan, she says she's only staying here until we no longer need her and she's been saving up to get her own spot. The math doesn't even add up and her actions don't exactly give me the warm and fuzzies either. I think I'm at the point where she needs to move out and get her own spot, but at the same time, I don't really think she saved a dime. If she really hasn't saved a dime this whole 18 months living with us, is it wrong to kick her out being that she's my mother-in-law? For what it's worth, she's a very kind-hearted, sweet person, just doesn't seem to have her priorities straight at all. I really feel for OP because you can tell they do care, but it sucks to realize that somebody's clearly taking advantage of you, your kindness, and the situation you're giving them. And you don't want to be like the bearer of bad news, you don't want to be this awful person or at least feel like it by kicking them out. You can tell them to try to figure things out, but if they don't figure things out for themselves or, you know, make an effort to actually be a contributing member of whatever household or situation they're in? What else do you have besides let them roll you over or tell them that they're gonna have to figure it out on their own? This next story is, I don't want your kid cracking their head open, sorry, lifeguard here. I work at a small local pool and we get lots of kids during the summer. Today, a kid started sprinting on the wet pool deck right by the edge of the deep end, asked him to walk, didn't listen, so I blew my whistle. Not too loud, just a very short beep, and asked again, politely. The kid proceeds to understand and walk, but mom comes over and starts yelling me not to blow my whistle or yell at her child ever again. I'm so sorry that I don't want your kid to crack his head on the concrete and ruin his fun pool day. My bad. Unless you're in Baywatch, lifeguards are usually not a position that is very enviable to be in. Either because you're going to have to sit up there in the sun all day and just watch other people have fun, or you're going to see something maybe traumatizing and have to dive in there and try to save somebody, or you're going to be berated for just trying to do your job and keep people alive in the pool. This next story is, my mom tried to have my area of a shared house cleaned on my roommate's dime while house-sitting for us. This story happened over a decade ago, but events today caused me to tell my wife this story who said I should post here. I, male, was in my last year of my bachelor's at the time, living with three male roommates in a four-bedroom house, rented nearby campus of a larger university. Being a relatively social group, we would have several people over at the house multiple days a week, and we weren't the tidiest bunch. Think dishes in the sink getting cleaned twice a week and floors getting swept irregularly and mopped rarely. Fast forward to a long weekend where myself and all roommates were joining a group of friends camping. I asked my mom, who was somewhat in between places, if she wanted to house sit. She did and I passed off my keys. We didn't have pets or anything to take care of. This was really just so she had a place to herself for the weekend. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We leave for the campsite with the house in its usual state. Old dishes, a floor loosely swept but not mopped, less than sanitary toilet areas, and dirty laundry in my hamper, and likely my roommates as well, but nothing unusual for our place. I hear nothing from my mom for the entire trip. There was mediocre cell service, so I would have gotten calls or texts. I assume everything is fine and frankly don't think about the house at all. When we come home, we open the door to a very clean living room. Continuing into the kitchen, we see a room cleaner than it's been since we move in. I then notice that my room and my shared bathroom are cleaned, but my roommate's rooms and bathrooms are not. At first, I'm actually quite thankful those were untouched, as I assumed my mom cleaned the house. That is, until she happily informs us that our house was disgusting, so she hired cleaners. This goes on to say it took the cleaners two hours to clean it all, and that she paid for my portion, but that my roommates owed her something like $70 each. None of my roommates came from super limited means, but $70 was still a lot for all of us, especially considering we'd just gone on a camping trip. Even worse, she never asked whether any of them wanted to pay. She just did it. Of course, all of them came to me to tell me that they couldn't pay for it, and noticed my areas cleaned where theirs weren't. When I talked to my mom and told her my roommates of course weren't paying and I'd split it with her, I'm not even sure how she paid for it up front, she couldn't understand why they were upset. Apparently, the only reason we didn't have a clean house is because we wouldn't pick up the phone and hire cleaners, and she thought everyone would be thankful, especially me because I also had a clean bedroom and bathroom. I wish I could say that this is the last time she spent others' money on their and my behalf, but stories for another day. Anybody who looks at a situation where there are three guys sharing a rented four-bedroom house near campus while going to university and thinking that they have money to spend on house cleaners is not thinking straight. I had to deal with an entitled kid and mother for years, and while some of the kids were good, one was awful. He would bully the other kids, including my brother and I. He would try to steal from whoever's house we were at. Luckily for me, he only came over to my house a few times, and I watched him like a hawk. And he would try to start fights with other kids, including my brother and I, and often succeeded. I would refuse to hit him until he hit me, and because I was the second oldest and the strongest in the group, he wasn't a problem. A big problem I had with him was when he tried to start a fight with my brother. While my brother and I don't always get along, if you mess with him, you mess with me. Now, as time went on, the entitled kid realized my brother had a temper, and if he harassed him enough, that my brother would attack him, and so he did that. He got my brother to attack him, and when I figured out what he was doing, I beat him. When I was done with that kid, he had a bloody nose and had the wind knocked out of him. Did I go overboard? Yes. Anyways, this incident caused my mom, my brother, entitled kid, and entitled mom to have a talk. Now, you would assume we would have a calm conversation about how her son keeps causing fights and that I did go overboard, right? Wrong. 
Almost immediately, she pins all the blame on my brother and I because, according to her, her son was just stating the truth about my brother and that I shouldn't have gotten involved in the situation. Keep in mind that number one, he called my brother things like fat, stupid, etc. All things that are not true. Number two, this kid was slightly older than my brother and bigger than him. If I hadn't gotten involved, my brother could have gotten hurt. I know I overreacted, but when I attacked the kid, all I saw was red. After the meeting, my mom took away my iPad for a few days for going too far when I attacked the kid, but made it very clear it wasn't because I attacked the kid, but because I went too far when I attacked him. Basically saying, thanks for standing up for your brother, but not to go that far. As time went on, my mom started going less and less to meet with that group of friends because that kid's mom would never believe he did anything wrong. Even when he tried to steal one of my new Lego sets. It was fairly small and very cool to little kid me. She said that he deserved it and that I should have let him have it and that I was being selfish. At the time, we didn't have much money and I was too young to make my own money, so I didn't get new toys, especially Lego sets, that often. At one point, his mother tried to take the Legos from me herself and my mother told her to go away. Anyway, eventually, my mom just stopped going there, so I didn't see him for about a year. But then my brother and I were invited to one of the other kids' birthdays, and we went, but so did the entitled kid. When we got there, he was there, but we avoided him. From what we saw, he hadn't changed. Anyways, years later, I learned that apparently his father had just up and left when he was younger. I don't know why, probably because of the mom. I don't know if that's why the kid was so bad, but I do know that he still had no reason to take it out on us. I mean, it goes without a shadow of a doubt that OP definitely went way too far putting their hands on that kid, but I do think that you can point to the greater responsibility being on the parent for allowing and enabling that behavior for that kid to have gotten in that situation. I think realistically a lot of people would be like OP's mom where they say, listen, that wasn't cool, you went way too far, but I do kinda get it. Our next story is, mother won't allow me to be independent. My mother won't allow me to be independent. I have absolutely no idea how to cook, clean, wash dishes, do laundry, or really do any basic life skills. I'm not even allowed to order for myself at restaurants. For money, I don't have my own account. She owns an account for me. I can't make deposits, withdrawals, and she gets a notification every time I spend anything. She shames me for buying anything. I'm not even allowed to use an ATM because why do you need money? My mail is controlled by her. She opens all of my mail and or hides it. This includes important things such as letters from school that contain information on college and scholarships. This is a huge problem because I'm almost 18. I'm going to be attending college soon and be living apart from her. She claims I don't need to know any of the skills listed above because I have her. I'm expected to live at home and take care of her until she dies. If I were talking to OP, I would tell them try not to stress about the life skills because honestly a lot of those things are very easy to learn and I'm gonna be honest, how to cook, how to clean, how to wash dishes, how to do laundry, you can learn all of that in less than 5 minutes on YouTube. I would just think the important thing is not to become complacent in this babying behavior and continue to strive and do things towards gaining independence. You might be limited now because you're not 18 years old, but as soon as you hit 18, do things inspired by your own drive to do things, get your own accounts, 
If you have to fight back a little bit on stuff like the mail and whatnot, you keep in mind that it's a very serious thing if they continue to tamper with your mail without your consent. It honestly might lead to a total blowout with their mother and the relationship between them, but you have to be your own person, not groomed to be some permanent live-in maid. Our next story is, My abusive father wants to meet his grandchild. I haven't seen my father since I was 11, I'm now 24 years old and 38 weeks pregnant, and I've been hiding that info from my abusive, manipulative father. He had no idea. But today, he found out and sent me a bunch of messages through Facebook about wanting to meet his grandchild. I only had him unblocked because I was hoping to get enough info to get him put in jail or at least take him to court. At first, he thought that I was just being hush about the whole thing. So his first message was normal. He asked why I didn't tell him and that he was excited to meet his grandchild. Mind you, he lives very far from me and he has no money to be traveling anywhere. So I told him that he wasn't going to meet his grandchild and that I purposely kept this info from him. This man has made my life heck while he was around. And even when he left, he gave my mom something like $20 a month for three kids and child support. He physically and mentally abused my siblings and I when we were kids, yet argues that he never did anything and that my mom brainwashed us against him. In terms of emotional abuse, he never paid any attention to us never showed up to events he said he would, and when he miraculously got a girlfriend, he started leaving us alone with her on his weekends just so that he could work. When he was around, we either had to do what he wanted or he was sleeping. Yet if my mom tried to make plans that happened to fall on his weekend, then he would argue to heck and back about it being his weekend and wanting to spend time with us. Now, in terms of physical abuse, he did a lot of this in the name of punishment for a wrongdoing. If someone wants to physically punish their kids, that's on them. But he took his discipline way too far. If he caught me sucking my thumb as a child, he would hit me with the buckle part of the belt or smack me hard enough across the face that I would fall to the floor. I broke a dish once and he slammed my head against the table. When I broke something else, he picked up the glass shard and poked me in the leg with it. He would punch my brother so hard in the stomach that it would make him sick. My mom wasn't spared either while they were married. She finally got away when I was five, but she didn't know about his actions towards us because he never did it in front of her and we were too scared to tell her. But he choked her, punched her, etc. When he got married to his girlfriend when I was 10 and a year later moved out of the state with her, me and my siblings and I tried to warn the poor woman, but she had my father in her ear telling her that my mom was just jealous and that my siblings and I just didn't want him to be married to anybody but our mom. A year or so later, she was back in our state and had divorced him. She contacted us once to see us in person. My mom and I were the only ones that went. After a year, she looked so broken and was different from the lady I knew. He had started being terrible to her shortly after their move. When he ended up doing some of the same things to her too, she quickly got away from him. She apologized to my mom profusely for not listening to her warnings. So this same man, when I know for a fact he hasn't changed, thinks that he would get to meet up and be around my child. As soon as I said he wasn't going to meet his grandchild, he blew up. I started getting messages about how he's going to take me to court for grandparent rights and that I have no right to keep him from his grandchild, stating that he helped bring me into this world and that if it wasn't for him, this child wouldn't exist either. I told him if he had the money to take me to court for a case that would be laughed at and thrown out, 
then I'm going to take him to court for the backlog of child support he owes. That shut him up on that line of argument. So then comes the Bible ranting and telling me I'm going to heck because my sperm donor is not only abusive, but also the type of Bible-thumping Christian who only uses the Bible for their own agenda. So I blocked him. He's never had my phone number, my email, or my address, so he now has absolutely no way to reach out to me. Sadly though, my mom lives in the same house she started living in after she left him and he knows that. So I'm a bit worried that if he pulls money together to get here, then he's going to harass my mom. But she can handle herself now and would just call the police. I don't know how to end this, but thanks for reading my long, heavy story about my entitled father. Edit, holy moly, I took a nap because, ugh, pregnancy. Only to wake up to a whole lot more likes in just a couple of hours. Well, thanks everyone for reading this mess and because of some comments, I'll tell you a bit more about what's going on. My sperm donor is a broke and coward. While he may be violent and willing to harass women, he's scared of men. Heck, he's terrified of even my tiny 87-year-old grandma, his ex-mother-in-law. She's the reason why he never did anything to my mom after their divorce. Luckily, she's still alive and well, and my mom lives with her to help around the house. I may not like my grandma much all the time, but I trust her to keep my mom safe. It does help that my mom is no longer scared of my sperm donor and will stick up for herself now. As for myself, I'm not sure. Being far away from him, I might be all tough, but if he shows up to my door... I don't know what I'll do. I do know that my husband is 100% willing to fire on him. I also know that my donor will tuck tail and flee if he comes face to face with him. Though, because as stated above, he's a coward when it comes to men. It also helps that my husband is taller and has a good 50 to 60 pounds on him. Now, onto the legal side, he absolutely does not have the money to try anything there. As for grandparent rights, as soon as they read that he hasn't even seen me, his own daughter, in 13 years, they will shut that case. I'm not worried, but I do have documentation. My mom still has all the documentation from her own case when they were going through their divorce. I don't have much for what he did to my siblings and I, but I do have documentation from the few teachers who met him, along with a statement from a security guard from the school who almost had to toss him out a couple of times. Then there's the statements from nurses at the school. I might not have told them where the injuries actually came from, but after talking to them years later, I learned that they had their suspicions, especially when they stopped after my father left. So thank you for all the advice I've been given, but I know I'm safe. I've got neighbors who know what to look out for, and I'm never really alone right now. And while I might panic the entire time if he shows up, I'd like to believe I'd hit him with the weapons we have. You definitely don't want to underestimate what somebody like this is willing to do when they've already gone to getting physical in the past, but it does sound to me like maybe they are a lot of bark and no bite in this situation, where they would come over and your husband would be there, or god forbid you'd have some kind of weapon to protect yourself with. I don't know if it's optimistic, but a part of me feels like this guy wouldn't want to try something or try to scrap all this money together. They would probably sooner just go, oh, I never liked any of you anyway, and pretend that they chose to cut you off as the way to go forward, rather than trying to scrounge up whatever cash they do have left for either legal action or getting themselves down there. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy entitled parent story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 